Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What is up, my friends, and welcome to Studio Day Heffrey. I am Jeff Cavanaugh. I want to talk about some cowboy stuff. I asked for questions yesterday, and I got like 240 from you guys on the social medias. And I want to talk about Dak, and I want to talk about Mike McCarthy, and I want to talk about Dan Quinn, and I want to talk about all of the things. Does that sound nice to you? I want to start with a question that I would like you guys to leave in the comments. We're now more than one day removed, so I think there's less angst and reactive emotion. And now it's just more of the, uh, oh, man. And so I want to ask you this. Can Jerry Jones and the Cowboys sell to you the idea that we just have to try again? That's my question. Because they're in the process now of thinking about head coach. And I'll give you three names to know here in a second. They're in the process of at least acknowledging and thinking about it. I saw what David Moore wrote this morning in the morning news, and I've told you guys before, um, Jerry reads the paper. So a lot of times he likes to give stuff to the paper. So the names there I would keep in mind. But my question is, can he sell Mike McCarthy to you? And how much does that matter? Because that is very real in sports that, the front office, the ownership, the people in charge do have to be able to sell their product to you. And for the Cowboys, by God, they can sell pretty much anything, and it works out great. Because as I've been thinking about it, I might think that Mike McCarthy is still the best answer for this team. And if not, then I think you're talking about big, sweeping changes. My gut is that Dan Quinn is gone, and I'm fine with that. I don't remember if we mentioned this yesterday. I know I did on the radio. I don't know if I, I don't remember if when Jesse and I were talking yesterday on Believe in Cowboys. Dan Quinn's coaching staff in 06, or I'm sorry, 16 with the Falcons when he was the head coach had Kyle Shanahan, and let me get the six names right Kyle Shanahan, Matt LaFleur. And Mike McDaniel on it. And Dan Quinn defenses are 0-6 against those teams. And all of this stuff is way less clear-cut than people want to pretend. Am I lower on Dan Quinn today than I was a few months ago? I am. Do I think I can find a defensive coordinator? I do. Do I also think a lot of the things that Dan Quinn is going to get criticized for and has been criticized for for the last couple of months is just that he was in a really tough spot? Yeah. Yeah, I think that too. Because what we get after this game and what was the one before? Was it the Buffalo, the Buffalo game and a lot of the criticisms? I guess my question is, what did you want him to do? Where it's, looky here. The Cowboys players on defense are small. There's three tight ends on the field, but the linebackers for the Cowboys are a converted safety and Damone Clark, and the rest is DBs. What did you want them to do? 
I guess you could just say, hey, when they play three tight ends, we're going to play five defensive linemen and three of them are going to be defensive tackles. And like you could, I guess, say we're going to play Mozzie and Hankins and Golston and Dorrance and Micah as your five with Bell and Clark. Like it, the idea was that they don't have the personnel that's capable of stopping the run. And, for, and I also want a sidebar, much like the San Francisco loss where it's like, boy, they just can't beat physical teams. They can't stop the run. Brock Purdy sent the Cowboys home and Jordan Love sent the Cowboys home. Aaron Jones didn't send the Cowboys home. Aaron Jones got to keep running the ball as all the Packers cared about was not throwing an incomplete pass because the game was over at 27 nothing. But on your way to 20 to nothing, 27 nothing. You got beat by the quarterback and Romeo Dobbs and Dontavian Wicks. That's who beat you. Jordan Love has uh, currently the highest EPA per play in the history of postseason football because that was his first game. He's, for the moment, the greatest, most efficient quarterback to ever play postseason football. Uh, you got beat by the passing game. The running game got to make you feel bad and salt things away, but you got beat by the passing game. And they didn't have anybody else on the roster. They thought that their first-round pick would be able to contribute to stopping the run and be a big part of that, and he couldn't. They thought that their third-round pick, DeMarvion Overshone, could be a part of that, and he got hurt before the season. They thought that Leighton Vander Esch was going to be part of stopping that, and he got hurt. So, like, they ran out of people, and they tried. Throughout the season, they tried. They signed people. They brought Rashawn Evans off the couch and decided, no, that ain't it. And I guess you could just say, I don't care if you thought he was bad. You must play more linebackers. So whoever the unemployed guy is that you signed off the couch, you put a football game. I don't know. And Dan Quinn can't make Stephon Gilmore cover Wicks better on a slant. He can't make Jordan Lewis cover Romeo Dobbs better. And, man, he can't make Deron Bland not be 10 yards off on a third and four where they just throw to a tight end right in front of him because he lined up 10 yards off. But the accumulation of all of those things, when you add up coverage busts and maybe it was that, yeah, you have some injuries, but so does everybody else. And your roster was built in a way that you went short at these places and set yourself up for this. So like what I'm saying is there's a lot of, I think there's a lot more nuance to talking about any of these coaches than we'll give it credit for because it's easier to do sports and say, Dan Quinn didn't prepare his team and is bad. Or Mike McCarthy didn't prepare his team and is bad. Or Dak Prescott choked and it puckered up on him and he can't play in the playoffs. Like, we can say all of those things, and they're fun. And they get reactions from people, and it's nice and easy and simple, and we can put it in our little box and we can move on. But things aren't that simple. They never are, and that's why the Cowboys haven't announced anything yet, and they're working through what do they want to do with the quarterback. And they're working through what do they want to do with the head coach. And those things are probably related. So they need to figure out the head coach thing. And then they'll figure out what are we going to do about our quarterback's contract situation? Are we going to extend him? Or are we going to carry a $60 million cap hit going into next season? And then he'll be a free agent and we'll go from there. Are we going to trade our quarterback? Like you can do all the different things. But all of those things require knowing who your head coach is going to be first. And I'm just wondering if Mike McCarthy isn't the best answer because the names I would pursue 
and the names they would pursue are probably different, but I see the value in all of them. I see the value, obviously, in Bill Belichick, who is a name that you should know. Here's the three names you should know. Bill Belichick, Jim Harbaugh, Mike Vrabel. Those are the three names that you should know because they were the three names in the newspaper. Uh, and those are names, if, you, if your goal is to institute the toughness, the face of the franchise, the unquestioned leader, those sorts of things, which always get muddy because Jerry Jones exists. All of those guys would probably be a little put off when they realized how much media is done here, how much the owner's going to talk, how much sometimes the owner's going to say stuff that you didn't say, how much the owner has a relationship with players who can go around you, like all of those things that exist in Dallas would be an annoyance to any head coach that is all about that stuff. And I think Mike McCarthy has handled that stuff really well. And I think the quarterback of your team, who despite having a bad playoff game and now having well, no, one of the San Francisco games, I would say he was bad. This game, I would say... I'll grant you bad just to avoid a fight. He definitely wasn't good enough in this one. And he's had one other postseason game where he wasn't very good, which how many has he played in? Seven or whatever. And he's had ones where he played well. So, like, that one, nuance. Dak always chokes in the playoffs. No, he doesn't. You're just ignoring the times when he played well. Uh, And that's all silly. And so when you zoom out and you say, okay, the current head coach with the current quarterback, all-pro quarterback, played his best season ever individually with this guy calling the plays and designing the offense. And the quarterback speaks very glowingly, and apparently the other players do too, and feel horrible that they let down the coach and that, like, if something happens to the coach, that they let him down and that they failed, blah, 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 blah. Well, that sounds like a situation that isn't in a terrible place, but the results of this game are going to make us think, well, so what? I don't care if you players are happy with who your coach is. I want you to play better, and I want you to show up when it matters. And, like, all those things are very real, and that's why we are where we are. I would be interested in bringing in somebody like Bobby Slowick or Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinators of the Texans and the Lions, because I think those are the guys, the sorts of guys that, the league is going toward. Those are the sorts of guys that give Dan Quinn fits. They give a lot of defensive coordinators fits because they're just advanced thinkers on what we're doing offensively, on tightening formations, on moving people around, on using space after the snap instead of before the snap. I think those are schematic advantages that I want for my football team. So those are the sort of names that I would want. I think Jerry, well, I know Jerry, would want the name brand, the proven track record, and I get that. There's value in that. So I get it. I'm not, like, killing that idea. So I guess what I'm saying is a couple of days removed from this, I don't think there's a decision they'll make for a head coach that, to me, will be an awful one. I don't love the idea of any defensive head coach I want my head coach to be offensive because I think that's where you get your biggest advantage is who is your offensive play caller so that's what I want but to pretend I don't understand the appeal of proven winners in the NFL I get it I get it and now we go to Dak where Before this game, I think it was a given that McCarthy would be back. It was a given 
that Dak would have a contract extension this offseason. Those things were given, and now they will ponder those things. The Dak one is difficult because I talked to a lot of Cowboy fans. I talked to a lot of friends who are Cowboy fans, and the, the Dak conversations always go on, and I get asked by lots of people, can we move on? I want to move on, all those different things. Can you? Yeah. You can. It makes next year way more challenging to win because not only was he responsible for the majority of the fact that you won 12 football games, even if you did this in the ideal way that it could work out for the Cowboys, which is Dak has a no-trade clause, so he controls if he wants to go somewhere. But let's say you said to Dak, look, we want to move on. I don't think you want to be somewhere where we don't want you. Have your agent call around the league. What teams would you be willing to go to? Who wants to give you an extension? Blah, 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 blah. So in theory, you could do that, and you could trade Dak Prescott after June 1st and eat $30 million this year. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers just won a playoff game with $80 million in dead money. So is it impossible to win while eating a bunch of money? No. But the Cowboys are in a tough spot with the salary cap, how many draft picks they have, the guys that they're losing, all those different things. They're currently $16 million over the cap next year. And that doesn't include, obviously, guys who are free agents now. That includes guys who are under contract right now. So in theory, I guess you would be, what, what is our plan? Is it to play Trey Lance for a year? And then if he's any good, you have to give him a big old contract. Uh, could you, if Dak were to play hardball and you said, hey, here's the thing, we want to move on. And Dak says, that's cool. I mean, I'm a free agent after this upcoming year anyway, so let's get it. And they're like, no, 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 we want to move on now. Then you would have to post June 1, cut him eat $30 million. But if you don't want him at all, you would view it as saving $30 million because currently he's 60. So you'd be like, yeah, I saved $30 million and I can get some players and I got rid of Dak. Are those things possible? Those things are possible. Do I think they make any sense? No. If you really want to move in a different direction, probably the way that makes the most sense is let Mike McCarthy finish his contract. He's got one year left. Dak's got one year left. If you don't sign Dak to any extension to bring his cap number down, you won't be able to improve your team much because there's really not a ton of contract restructures they can do this year. There's some. You could post June 1 Michael Gallup and save like $9.5 million. It's like I could find you $20 to $30 million to add players, but currently you don't have a left tackle, a center, um, Rico Dowdle and Malik Davis or Deuce Vaughn are your running backs. Uh, you're going to be short at linebacker. Stephon Gilmore's not on the team. It'd be tough. So what makes the most sense is that Dak's going to sign a contract extension and be your quarterback for the next four or five years. That's what makes the most sense. I think that's still the most likely result. But losses like that, Losses like that are the ones that tend to make people step back and go, oh, let's think about everything. And so now, we think about everything. 
I don't think I have time this morning to do the thing I want to do next, so I'll just save it. Maybe tonight, maybe tomorrow. All of the nitty-gritty details on why, unfortunately, I think that was their last best chance. Although, as I said that yesterday on the radio, I had to correct myself. Like, that can't be their best chance to get to an NFC Championship game because now the percentage is zero because they're not playing anymore. So I guess next year is their best chance. It's going to be hard to field a better team next year than you did this year. It's going to be really hard. We can go over the details of that and the best that we can do and trying to do that, and I'll do that either tonight or tomorrow. Uh, I love you guys. Thanks for checking out the content. I'm very sorry to the diehards because I know how much that sucks and how much that hurts. Sports fandom sucks. It's terrible. But I appreciate you guys hanging out. Thank you. If you're hitting the like button on videos and subscribed and all those things, get your notifications turned on, not missing a video. I love you because you guys make it possible to do this stuff. Remember, you have no idea what anyone's going through. So be cool to everyone. I love you. Be easy. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.